creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm Annie J. Pizza, I'm a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator, and I will be your guide on this creative expedition. Let's go. We talk a lot on this show about analysis paralysis. If you're a creative person, it is usually not the case that you're struggling because you have no ideas, you have no idea what you could want or what you could go after. Most of the time, the most of the creative people that I know at least struggle with having too many desires, too many ideas, too many directions, too many options, and feeling like I don't know what to focus on. I don't even know what to go after. And it makes me wonder if this is maybe what the magic, if there's any magic to things like law of attraction or the secret, I don't know if it's really magic in the sense that if you want something bad enough, it'll come to you magically. But maybe the magic is just that if you really truly know what you want, Uh, that you will be a unicorn in at least the creative world because it's so difficult to pick a path, to pick a goal, to get your whole self focused on one endeavor without derailing your own train, so to speak, Um, because my trains of thought go all over the place as a creative person and especially a creative person with ADHD. So what do you do when you're mixed up, you're uninspired, you're overwhelmed by too many options, you've tried to start so many marathons and you barely get past the first mile before changing directions all over again, how do you figure out what to focus your creative energy on? That's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. And if you'll stay to the end, I'm gonna share a verbal flow chart that is gonna help you figure out the next thing you need to focus all of your creative energy on so that you can have some real direction and make some real change and momentum and progress in your creative journey. Let's go. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support.
I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AndyJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Anybody that listens to more than just two episodes of this show will know that I am primarily obsessed with storytelling and just story in general. Even my illustration practice, my favorite definition of illustration isn't drawing, but writing with pictures. And I really believe that to my core. Like that's what it's about. Illustration as a word is even synonymous with analogy or metaphor or example. It's not just a drawing. It's something that brings something to life. Uh, And I kind of see it as similar to acting in a way. An actor can't act without a script. They can emote, but they need a plot. They need a story. They need a point to bring to life. They have to have a motivation. They have to know, like, what do I want And you also need to have some sense of what you want in order to get out of bed, in order to put in some effort. You have to know, like, why am I doing this? What is my character's motivation? And this same principle shows up in acting and in your life and then in every story that you've ever heard. You've probably heard this before. A story starts when a character wants something. That's the whole idea of a story. But in this episode, I'd like to actually help you avoid stories, (laughs) not consuming them, but experiencing them. You don't want to live too many stories because the other thing that stories have is not just a character that wants something, but a character that wants something that they can't have. Another thing that all stories have is conflict. 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 I remember as a kid even when it hit me that every single story has some kind of villain. And I didn't like that because it's tension. And as a grown-up, I've come to enjoy like watching someone else go through a story, uh, you know, consuming fiction or nonfiction or whatever. Uh, and enjoy the character struggle a little bit, even with that level of empathy, because that level of empathy, that neural mirror network that says, I can feel their pain as they're going through it. I've developed a sense of distance. It's like, okay, um, I, I can enjoy the fact that there needs to be conflict. There needs to be a villain in this character's journey. But what I'd like to do in this episode 
is to help you avoid at least unnecessary stories, unnecessary conflict and pain in your creative practice. And I don't think it's just that in stories that most stories, a character wants something that they can't have and there's a conflict. I think in most stories, the reason there is a conflict is because the character wants something that they don't need. The character wants something that they deeply believe on a unconscious level is going to meet a need that they have, but they're unconscious about what that need is. Because if they dove into their deeper self, if they did some self-reflection and they looked at the real need, the need for shelter, the need for connection, the need, you know, these basic human needs that we all do need to meet. If they took even just a second to reflect and dive into whether this thing they want really is the best way to meet this need, if they'd done that work, they could have avoided the obstacles that stop them and hurt them and push them backwards. And often in stories, especially kind of traditional storytelling, the obstacle is there to teach them this is not what you need. Now, I don't fully agree with everything Mick Jagger says, uh, just full stop, uh, let alone what he says in um, the song where he says you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. I don't always agree with that. Uh, I think there are people clearly that defy that. Mr. Jagger, and I know he doesn't actually believe that. He knows there are people in poverty and pain and sickness and struggle that are not ultimately going to get what they need. That's not what it's about. But I do think what that song is getting at, what that truth is getting at, is that often the needs that we have, they're good needs, they're needs that society, at least one way or another, has tried to make it possible to achieve these needs. And often the things that we need uh, are, are right within arm's reach if we were aware of what they were instead of being distracted by all of the things that we're told we should want, all the things that we impulsively grasp for. And so in this episode, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to not sit there and as a creative person, do big picture thinking only and just think, okay, imagine money wasn't an object. Imagine that you never needed anything again. I mean, imagine that you're in a totally different dimension where you have everything you need and you don't need to move. You don't need to go. You're a rock in this dimension. You have no needs. Like, no, this it's not helping. Look, I'm all for brainstorming. We'll get into a little bit about how maybe that energy slots into a greater process, but ultimately you are not a rock. You're a human with needs. And like Woody in Toy Story, if at the start he would have just stopped, if someone would have paused him and say, hey man, why do you have to be Andy's favorite toy? Like, what's that all about? Uh, it, it wouldn't have taken long you know, a couple seconds looking in the mirror to be like, maybe I just need a friend. And maybe when Buzz landed, 
he wouldn't have been fighting this. He wouldn't have seen it as this giant painful story that he had to enter into. He wouldn't have seen it as an obstacle. He would have seen that buzz was the thing that could easily meet that need. It was right in front of his face. Or maybe Lindsay Lohan wouldn't have had to integrate into the mean girls and lose herself with Regina like uh, uh, <laughs> and Gretchen and go through all that pain, all those ups and downs. If she just realized like the friends that were helping her do that were already accepting her. She was already accepted. What would it look like if you quit just impulsively hurling yourself towards these creative achievements and creative distractions and shining objects and just paused what you were doing long enough to systematically take an account and an inventory over not just your needs, because you're going to have more needs than you can meet at one time, but what is the next need that you really need to tackle before you move on any further in your journey. And instead of saying, I'm going to throw all these desires, all these other needs and necessities into the trash and forget them forever, what would it look like just to say, hey, it's not never, it's just not yet because I have a pressing need. And the truth is every human has a pressing need in their life right now. And there are different levels. In fact, someone has gone to the effort of organizing them into a hierarchy. And uh, you've heard of it, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're going to use that process, that pyramid, as imperfect as it may be, to help us figure out and pinpoint what is the need that I'm trying to meet with all of these mixed up desires and wants. What do you want? What do you need? And if we do that and we pause, we might not have to knock a space ranger out of the window and nearly fall to our own death and go through a crazy field of bonkers aliens that are in a cult and get almost lit up with a rocket. You know, we don't need to do that. We don't need to learn all of the moves in that Christmas, you know, sassy version of that Christmas song for the talent show. You don't need to do all of those things if you'll just pause and reflect for a moment. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to get into your creative call to adventure early this time. And we're going to kind of, because it's going to take a bit longer to explore every piece of it. This is your CTA, your creative call to adventure, your little action where you can put this stuff into work right now. It's called convertible mooning because it's a top down, bottoms up assessment of your personal needs. We're going to try to get into what is the next need that you need to address? The first need you have, I can tell you right now, is you need to get in touch with the need. What that means is, is we're going to look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but we're going to approach it in a creative way. If you don't know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's a little pyramid where uh, at the bottom, he would say that the thing we need, I'm going to oversimplify it here just for our purposes, but 
You've got the physiological needs. These are the things like you need shelter, you need food, you need money in our world to pay for those things, to be able to afford those things. As you move up, you need safety and security. That's the next level. So yeah, maybe also shelter fits into that a little bit, but on the bottom rung, you've got the physiological. It's like you need the money for food right now, but safety and security is you need to future-proof what you're doing a little bit. You need to have money, not just for now, but also later when you're not able to make money um, or when times are tough. You need some stuff stored away. You need a place to feel secure. You need safety and relationships. And then the next level up is community. You need love and belonging and relationships. You're a social animal. You cannot exist alone. You need other people in your life. You need healthy relationships. Um, And then the level above that is you need, we'll call it self-esteem. You need a sense of self. You need a self-actualization. You need meaning. Uh, You need to know why you're doing any of this stuff. And the reason I called this the convertible mooning, like you're in a convertible mooning people because the top's down and your bottom's up, that idea is because for me personally, I've just uh, come to realize that people approach this pyramid in totally different ways. And so depending on your neurodivergence or how neurotypical you are or everything in between, you need to be aware of, are you the type of person that needs to approach things from a bottom up situation or do you need to approach things from a top down? So for me personally, I need to start from the top and work down. And I've said in the past that sometimes I've felt as someone with ADHD that Maslow's hierarchy of needs feels upside down in that I felt as though I needed to start with a sense of meaning, a sense of self-actualization. I needed to know why before I got started. I needed to know the song I'm trying to play and why I want to play it before I learn any note, any chord on the guitar. And it's why I wish for me, for people like me, I wish that in math class, day one, first grade, they're like, hey, by the way, let's just start with the fact that math is the secret code of the universe. Everything that we know in terms of computers and space and microscopes and telescopes and radar, all everything, everything we know is more or less dependent on our math and our understanding of math. This is a It's almost a mystical process. I wish someone would have introduced math to me like that. Even if I didn't fully understand it, I think it would have helped me start at the top and then work my way down to, okay, let's talk about times tables because that's what what gives them meaning. I needed that because I'm a top-down thinker. I need to think all the way to the top. I need to think of all the way to the end and I need to work backwards from there. It's not like I could start at self-actualizing before I paid my bills, but I needed a sense of how this all worked together. And then I have friends and I have people in my life who are exactly the opposite. If we are in a scenario where we are lacking security or we're lacking money or we're lacking community or whatever, 
they are not interested in exploring the bigger existential questions and how this fits into the grand scheme of the universe and the cosmos, right? Like that's that for, for bottom up thinkers, they need to start with the basics and then build from there. And so the first thing you got to do is you got to understand which of these are you? Because if you're the type that needs to go from the bottom up, starting your creative journey from a place of needing desperately to make money is going to be impossible because being creative comes from a place of self-actualization. It comes from a place of inner meaning and, and existence and understanding. And so if you're a bottom-up thinker, you may have to sort out how to pay your bills before you can even consider being creative, before you can even consider looking internally. And for me personally, as a top-down thinker, what this looked like was early in my creative practice, I started out and everything I was doing was just deeply inspired by trends. So deeply inspired by the superficial, so not deep at all. It was just me doing the kind of stuff that I thought was cool, so it was authentic in that way, but just the kind of stuff that people were doing back then. And I think part of that was starting from the bottom up when it really wasn't me. It was starting with, well, I need to make money. I need to do stuff that's getting paid for. So I need to do trendy stuff. And it really got me nowhere because it wasn't the need that I actually needed to focus on. It was a want. It was, I want to do creative stuff right now. And therefore I need to get money from my creative work. So I want to make stuff that sells. And it got me into a story that led to obstacles and conflict. And what I really needed to do was I needed to embrace my top down approach. And I needed to do a creative project that was completely and utterly disconnected for my need for money and tapped into my need for meaning at the top of that pyramid. And so what it looked like was I needed a job. I needed to be able to pay my bills without getting creative. And so the first need that I had to deal with was getting a job that could pay my bills. And I needed to get my overhead extremely low so that I could work part-time while so that I had the other part of my time to do that top-down approach to creativity. Okay, so putting this to action, what it looks like is starting with figuring out, are you more of a top-down thinker or a bottom-up thinker? Do you find it difficult to dream big when you have other pressing needs right in front of you? If that's you, then you need to start from the bottom. If you have a very hard time getting up in the morning taking care of the things that you need to do to survive without a deeper sense of how this all fits together or where it's going, you may be a top-down thinker. And you may need to start with, 
what does it look like to self-actualize, to have that kind of self-esteem, to have that meaning? How am I going to start with the end and work backwards and reverse engineer how making money right now, finding security right now, then finding community, how that's going to lead me to ultimately where I want to go. And you have to brainstorm the other way. So the first thing is to have a sense, take a guess. You might not get it right the first time at which of these is most you and approach these, the hierarchy of needs in that way. Okay, so the next thing you need to do, the second thing you need to do is you need to work through this pyramid like a flow chart, either from the top down or the bottom up, and we'll go through what that looks like on both sides because it could be valuable for you to do it either way regardless of what type of thinker you are. And so just stay tuned for this even if you have a sense of which one you are. Now the obvious the more obvious way is the bottom up because that's the way that Maslow built the hierarchy of needs. It's the most logical way to think like why are you thinking about meaning when you don't even have food today? Um but I actually think that humans are complex people. You see a lot of people that don't have their basic needs met being the most spiritually attuned and most tapped into meaning. And so I don't think that it works in this very simple way. And so either way we move through this flow chart should help. And so let's do it from the bottom up, from the basic needs to the more philosophical needs And we'll say, okay, start with the first question is, do you have enough coin? And we'll use C's just to give it some symmetry to help there be a through line. And hopefully it'll help you remember it too. Do you have enough coin? Do you have enough money? Do you have enough to pay your most basic bills of keeping a roof over your shoulders and a meal in front of you? If you don't, that is your next need if you are a bottom-up thinker. Okay, if you have enough to meet, not your not your basic needs forever, not your month, you know, your next month's rent, but this month's rent, are you caught up on your bills in that way? If you have what you need today for today, then you have that. The next level up is you can move into the safety and security and what it looks like to have next month's rent or even, you know, if you follow that line out, it looks like retirement. You don't have to have all of that to move on, but that's kind of what that first chunk is like. Okay. If you have, if money isn't a pressing need where you uh, are just desperately needing to sort that out, you can move up to the next one, which is going from coin to community. Do you have any sense of collective belonging? Do you have any sense of where you belong in the world? Uh, Family, friends, uh, market of your creative work, where your peers are, where the people that care about what you care about are. Do you have that? Because if you don't, you're going to have a very hard time uh, doing the basic things you need to do. And so if you have your your coin, you need your community. You need to have a place where you feel that communal safety, but you also have to have a place where you feel motivated and interested in 
showing up in life. And so if you don't have that, that might be the next basic need you need to explore. Where do you belong? Where are you going to find your people? Where are you going to, um, you know, and I just want to put a note here of a really powerful thing that Brene Brown talks about, which is true belonging isn't about fitting in. It's about uh, being celebrated and accepted for standing out, for being different. And so when you think about community, maybe you tripped up here because you're like, I have technically a community. I come from a uh, maybe a tribal kind of mentality of you're an OSU fan or you belong to this faith-based uh, background. But unless it's a place where you can be celebrated for your uniqueness, you're not belonging. You're just fitting in. And I like to think about it like, um, a puzzle. I don't know if this is a unique analogy or not, but it came to me and it really helped me where the reason you fit into a puzzle isn't because you are like everything else. It's because there is no other piece that fits exactly where you do. And so if you don't have any sense of that, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody has a perfect sense of this. You have no sense of at all where that could be. It may be the next thing you need to figure out. Um, the third one, after you have the coin, the community, then you got to have the confidence. Do you have the confidence in that unique value? Do you have the confidence in yourself? You know, after you have a sense of your creative party, uh, you know, in terms of like Dungeons and Dragons, do you have a sense within this collective, within this community, what your unique contribution may be? And if you have that confidence of here's a skill I have that contributes to this group of people, do you have a, I called it a connotation. I thought this is a bit of a stretch, but I think there's something here. Connotation is meaning within that context. It means that this is why this unique value matters to the bigger picture. This is how it contributes to society or, or my, at least my little collective. Um, and that's where you're getting into that big, meaningful place. Okay, so if you have worked your way through that chart from the bottom up, let's go the other way around. Let's say, okay, do you have a sense of not... Uh, and when we work this other way, it's not about whether you have these things. It's a whether about you have a vision, for what these things are. That's ultimately what I think being a top-down thinker um, is like. It's not about having these. You're not working through it through that lens like we did from the bottom up. You're, you're working from a sense of, do you have a vision for what this looks like? And so for me, it was really powerful when I got really clear about what I defined as that connotation, that meaningful opportunity, that significance in the bigger context. I realized that I had a friend that asked me, like, what is it you're looking for? Because I was, I had already built an illustration practice at this point. It was before I started this podcast. And this person was like, hey, from the outside, it really looks like you are in a great place. Like, what is the problem? Why don't you have everything you need? in this scenario. And it caused me to do this top-down thinking where I started thinking like, well, what, 
what is it? How do I define what it would look like to have that connotation, to have that significance in that particular context? And I realized that what I was looking for was not just to pay my bills with my creativity, not just to have a creative community, not just to be confident that I could show up and do this thing, but that I had a sense of this is a unique contribution. This is something I can do because I'm me and it has a Venn diagram overlap with this is mattering to my community. I think every human has a, and I'm not the first to say this, I think there are a lot of philosophical quandaries around the need to feel like our effort makes a difference is the sense of meaning that we have in life. And so I felt that I needed to, I was not where I needed to be because I needed a sense that I was in a place where the thing that I had an abundance of was meeting a abundant demand. It was a thing that I could give my life over to. And once I understood like that's the place I'm trying to go, then it gave me a sense of what creative confidence could look like. What would I need to have confidence in to move through that? And then it gave me a sense of the community I needed to move into. And then it it gave me a sense of how I might make money in that space. And so the flow chart could look like this. Do you have a sense of what a meaningful existence might look like? If you do, then you can move down to the creative confidence element. You can look into, okay, well, what would you need to be good at? What would you need to have? What, you know, to have that creative confidence to show up in that space and live in that particular meaning, what would need to be true? You know, what certificate would you need to have? What degree would you need to have? What accomplishment would you need to have? What literal skill would you need to be proficient in to have that kind of creative confidence? And then below that, what community do you need to join in order to develop that creative confidence? Maybe it's a school, maybe it's an online program, maybe it's just a hobby, or maybe it's a, um, a, a local group that you need to join where you can develop that skill or proficiency. And then once you have that, you can work back to how do people make money doing that thing? And now you're not going to start with making money like that because making money is going to be the last thing you do on that journey. But what can happen is when you have a sense of that journey as a top-down thinker, then all of a sudden doing whatever else you have to do to make money to survive now, being engaged in whatever community you need to be engaged in right now, having showing up in those places of confidence, even if they're small, all of a sudden become doable because you can see how it fits into the bigger practice and you can see where this journey is headed. And so it's my hope that you have worked through this flow chart from the bottom up and from the top down. And somewhere in there, 
you found a place where you're tripping up. You found a place where there's an unconscious need that you're trying to solve with a desire that maybe isn't the easiest or the most effective or the most obvious way to solve that desire uh, by looking through, do you have the coin? Do you have the community? Do you have the confidence? Do you have the connotation? And when I go through each one of those, you probably have an intuitive sense of which of those are you lacking. And therefore, you can focus on that next domino. And you can say to all the other dominoes, yes, there'll be a time and place to focus my energy on those things. But right now, I need to optimize for this. it for this week if you need some other tools to help you find a direction we have a free e-booklet that you can download just by signing up to the newsletter you can go to creativepeptalk.com and it's right on the sidebar there you put your email address and click subscribe and the download link is right there or you can go to creativepeptalk.com slash path p-a-t-h and it's the only thing pretty much on that page and um, sign up and download it right there. And there's just a whole bunch of workbooky type things you can print out and work through questions on finding a little bit of your self in terms of confidence and, and what your gifting might be, as well as prompts that help you find a community and a context for that thing, um, and also what makes you unique in that. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you can work through on there if you have never done that it's creative career path uh, handbook and uh yeah that's uh where you can get it Creative Pep Talk is your weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling picture book maker and illustrator for clients like Apple and Xbox. I pep talk teams at creative hubs like Warby Parker and Sesame Street. And I make this podcast because as someone with ADHD, it takes a whole lot of creativity just to get out of bed in the morning, let alone attempting to try to create a thriving creative practice. This show is just me sharing the things that seem to be helping me in case it helps anybody else. Shout out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and soundtrack. Huge thanks to Connor Jones of Pinning Beautiful for sound design and editing the show. Massive thanks to Katie Chandler, Ryan Appleton, and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds. And thanks to you for listening. Until we speak again, stay pepped up.